Welcome to Growing in the Gospel with Father Zach Weber. It is the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Again, welcome to Growing in the Gospel. This is Father Zach, and we are heading into a great gospel this weekend. Uh, this weekend we read from Mark 8, 27-35. And in light of, you know, the gospel we keep reading every week, we should hopefully be putting these gospels into practice because they're not easy. Even last week we heard about Jesus as healer when he put his finger into man's ears and spitting, touched his tongue, and he said, Ephatha, which means be opened. And we have to be opened, uh, especially as a church continues to be purified and cleansed and as also as we continue to see depression rates and suicide rates and just drug addiction rates go up. We really need the gospel. We really need to be firm in our faith. And as always, just want to encourage you to get out your Bible. Get out a study Bible if you have one. Get out your catechism. Call upon the Holy Spirit. Pull up some friends. Get some chairs out and really look at the Word and ask the Word to convict your heart to the point where you actually live out the Word. Because as we heard a few weeks ago with James, you can't just be a hearer of the Word. You have to be a doer of the Word as well. And that is when you know the Word is affecting you. And our gospel this week is again Mark 8, 27-35, which begins with, Jesus and his disciples set out for the villages of Caesarea Philippi. Along the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter said in reply, You are the Christ. Then he warned them not to tell anyone about him. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and rise after three days. He spoke this openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. At this he turned around and looking at his disciples, rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does but as human beings do. He summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. What a gospel. This is one of the most powerful readings, and just going to try to unpack this a little bit for you. So as you come to Mass on Sunday, you have a deeper sense of what the Lord is trying to say, what the truth of this gospel is. And just even just a little bit, um, in Caesarea Philippi, where Jesus is, there is a big mount behind him. There's all these niches carved in the mount, in the mountain, basically this giant rock. And there's the, all these false gods. And, you know, we can talk about what they are back then, which is a whole nother um, time of preparation. But for us today, what are your idols? Is it your family? Is it the Packers? Is it alcohol? Uh, the big four for Thomas Aquinas, money, power, pleasure, and honor. Is it material items? Is it showing face that you have all together? Uh, is it jealousy? You look at seven capital sins. Because we really have to look at that. And, and the Lord is having all these false idols behind him. And he says, who do people say that I am? And we have to really look at, 
look at our culture, hunting, fishing, you know, women for, for guys, and it just, the list goes on and on. And Jesus has all this junk behind him, you know, cell phones, whatever. And some people say, you know, you're, the, you're just John the Baptist, or there's Elijah, you know, you're just one of the prophets, you know, just, just some guy. But who do you say that I am? And then Peter steps out, starting his papacy, on behalf of the other disciples, which is a proof text for us as, as Peter as Pope. Having a Pope, he says, you are the Christ. But then he warned them not to tell anyone. So on the way, as they're traveling, um, seven times in this section, there's this reference, reference made to the way. So what is that? It's a motif, it's, this motif is muted throughout various translations or like a journey, a road, or a roadside. But this is, you're going to hear this in Mark 8, 9, 10. And at the narrative level, it depicts the steady movements of Jesus on the way to Jerusalem. But on a theological, theological level, Jesus teaching that the way to heavenly glory is the way of heroic suffering. And he first clears the way through his own passion and then summons the disciples to follow in his footsteps, which you can read in 1 Peter 2.21 or 4.13. And as he begins to teach them about how the Son of Man must suffer, we too must let Jesus suffer. And I say that for a specific reason, because often people want a Christ without the cross. But Jesus said, I must suffer. And in this suffering, this is the first of three predictions regarding Jesus' passion and resurrection. And in this way, Jesus intensifies his effort to instruct the apostles about the suffering that awaits both him and his loyal followers. So those who are loyal will encounter the cross. And when he uses the word son of man, you can hear about that in the royal figure in Daniel 7.13. And Jesus often associates his title with his passion. And as this is said plainly, I think a lot of us can relate to Peter. We want to take, we want to take Jesus aside and say, no, no, Lord, like, I, don't, I don't want you to. But when we put ourselves in front of Jesus and don't allow him to go to Jerusalem for your sins and my sin, he says, get behind me, Satan, because Jesus rebukes Peter for rejecting the prospect on, of suffering. So scandalized and perhaps frightened, Peter briefly aligned himself with the mindset of Satan, who similarly tried to divert Jesus from his mission to suffer, which you can see in Matthew 4, 1 through 11, or Luke 4, 4 1 through 13. And the crucifixion proved to be a stumbling block to many of Jesus' contemporaries. Now, Jesus said, this is legit. This is what's coming your way. I'm going to go suffer, but you're going to have to suffer too. And if you want to come after me, you must deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. And this is the issue for a lot of Christians, a lot of Catholics sitting in the pew every Sunday. Maybe it's even you. Have you denied yourself of anything? Or do you blend in with the culture? the way you dress at Mass, the way you treat others, the way you speak about others, what, how you post on social media, what you eat, how you eat, what you read, everything. And the Lord says, you must deny yourself to follow me. That's not saying the world is bad, but there has to be a denial of self. There has to be a surrender 
there has to be a, an abandonment to his divine providence. Because he even says, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. That means to be safe, to know your life is secure in Christ. And that taking up of the cross is a graphic image of suffering and it refers to, in the time of Jesus, that Roman custom of forcing criminals to carry on their shoulders a crossbar to the site of their crucifixion. And the crossbar that Jesus carried was said to be between two and 300 pounds upon his scourged shoulders. And Jesus warns that disciples must be so committed to him that they are willing to endure persecution, hardship, and even death. But the faithful, he assures them, will find resurrection and glory beyond the hardships of this life. And taking that cross is a striking image that demands and the consequences of discipleship. What does following Jesus cost you? That is the question. Because if you say who Jesus is, if you say Jesus, you are the Lord, you are the Savior, you are the King of the universe, you are it. What does it cost you? Because Jews needed no explanation of it since the Romans utilized crucifixion as a torturous means of execution for many criminals during the New Testament times. So Jesus here assures us that faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness will entail self-denial, suffering, and possibly death. Before his passion, the cross symbolized shame and rejection, and afterward it symbolizes the glory of Christian martyrdom. Boom. There it is. This is a tough gospel. Pray with it. But as, as Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, he says, when we do Lexi Divina, which is, means divine reading, Lexio, Meditatio, Ratio, and Contemplatio, when we do those four stages, it's only completed once we actually live the gospel. Are you living the gospel? And if you are, go spread that good news, baby, because we have a gospel that is worth hearing this Sunday. It is convicting. It is gripping. It never gets old. It's challenging me even as I do this growing in the gospel session. But I believe most people do love Jesus. I believe most people need to be convicted of that love and challenge that love and die to self so that love grow through. So the song I'm going to play for you as I close is Jesus, I Love You by Joe Zambone. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you.